I wrote this story for my best friend, Sid, who died in 2015. It's called, There's a Word. There's a bird singing outside my window for two days in the middle of the snowstorm. The minute I heard it, I thought, I have to tell Sid about that crazy bird. He'll love that. He'll say, there's a word. Do you know it? Fakakta. It means crazy. Yes, Sid, I know what Fakakta means. You do? Look at that. And you, only a convert. I burrow under the comforter, stealing some warmth before I plant my feet on the cold day. I whisper Fakakta to myself, Fakakta, and turn on my phone to read my emails. When I was a kid, I used to take the travel alarm clock off the bedside table, fold it shut, and hiding under my covers would pretend Frankie D'Angelo had asked me to marry him, and it was my engagement ring box, and I'd open it and sigh, Oh, it's beautiful, and kiss him. You should marry me, Sid says. You wouldn't have to change your name. He's making a joke. We have the same last name. I tell Sid about Frankie D'Angelo and my alarm clock engagement ring. So, you know, I'm already spoken for. Well, I can see why you'd choose him, he says. I mean, I can't offer you time like he can. That's very deep, I say. Yes, I'm very deep, Sid says. He stumps along West End Avenue, his last of a series of steps that began on a sidewalk in the Bronx and will end in a few weeks, but neither of us knows that now. So we stump alongside each other stupidly, thinking that the day and its minutes are what's really happening, not that we're spending our last few hours together. The email scrolled past and came to rest on David's. I saw regret and Sid, and I jumped out of bed, shaking my hands frantically in front of me, trying to shake away those words. Sid, 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 I cried. Sid. There's a word, do you know it? Sid says to me. He's complaining about his friend Estelle, how she never does anything for him. She won't wash the dishes or pick something up for him if she happens to be out. Like that. Alta moi. You know what it means? No. It's Yiddish. It means old maid. Evidently, this is something terrible. To me, it just means a woman has never been married, but there's an indictment in it. Speculation on the old maid's inherent selfishness. I'm not sure that's really fair. Sid doesn't care what I think. He's not backing down. He chews carefully on his bagel. His new denture is tender. His cheeks stuffed full with bagel and swelling. You, you come over, we have something to eat, you hop up and do the dishes. You go to the store, you call and ask if I need anything. Her, nothing, and she knows my knee is killing me. I shrug, well, you're on 89, she's only 87, show her his boss, Sid. Be a man, yeah, be a man. She's a tiny little broad, she'll probably snap in two. You, you are one tough woman. You knew that when you married me. You should marry me, you wouldn't have to change your name. That is a powerful incentive, but as you know, already spoken for. Sid is an atheist raised by a communist, which sounds like a jump rope song, but it's true. He wouldn't set foot in temple. I've always had the feeling this banter is his prayer. I call David to offer condolences. He says, I'm sorry to have sent you that email, but his voice trails off so I can fill in the blank with, it's okay but it is okay. I understand why David didn't call to break the news. I've been on that hard plastic chair in the emergency room staring down at the crack or the coffee stain. You really are the walking dead the next day. So it's okay.
Sid decides to try online dating. I'm done with Estelle, he tells me. He Skypes me at my office. What am I interrupting, he asks. Um, work, I answer. On their writing or your writing? Theirs. Well, at least I don't feel bad calling. So, I won't keep you, he says. He then proceeds to keep me. Listen, you're a writer. Can you write me a profile for Match.com? Sure, I tell him. What do you want me to say? He lists a few things. Art, music, summers in France, and no long-term relationships. Just put short-term. I don't want to get tied down. I check quickly to see if he's being ironic. He's not. Uh, Some people pay extra to be tied down, Sid. I say, you're very funny, you know that? Because you are. My daughter calls from college, crying. I can come home, Mom. I don't want you alone. The sound of her voice makes me cry, but I'm happy because she called Providence home. She hates it here, I complained to Sid. It's not where her friends are, he shrugged. But it's where her mother is. Home is where your mother is, or father, or parents. You know what I mean. Did I ever tell you about the time David made me a Mother's Day card in school? He's told me many times, but I pretend not to remember. He said, Daddy, you're a mommy and a daddy to me. He was nine. It was beautiful. When Sid says beautiful, he sounds the E in the middle. Beautiful. I know it's supposed to sound funny because it's a Bronx accent, but it's actually very expressive. I can't tell him that, though. What do you mean, accent? Sid was my hero, I cried to my daughter. I was so scared when I got divorced that I wouldn't be good enough. But there was Sid, whose wife died when David was three, and who put himself through night school while working full-time, and all this in the stone age of childcare. You can do this, Jenny Penny. You can do this. We believed in each other. I was planning his next show. He had some wonderful new things he was working on. But to me, the most wonderful thing was that he was still working on. The last day we spoke, he told me he wanted to pay for me to go to grad school to be a writer. You can do this, Jenny Penny. You can do this. I feel dizzy, as if the floor is falling away under my feet. I don't know what I'm going to do without Sid. My caller ID is Sid. Sid, 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 Sid. A funny thing, Sid says to me. I'll be the judge of that, I laugh. A funny thing, he goes on. I got some Chinese with you-know-who and she orders pork fried rice. She, who goes to the Orthodox synagogue every Saturday morning. So there was a rabbi on the M64 bus the other day and I asked him about the pork fried rice and he said she's not supposed to eat that if she's observant. So, isn't she being a hypocrite? We've had this conversation many times. Either he forgets he's brought it up or he still needs to mull it over. Either way, I listen and answer. He does the same for me when I go on about my ex-husband. At Sid's kitchen table, at a booth at Ollie's Noodle House, wandering through Central Park. Why are people like that? Why do they see you running for the elevator and close the door? But what we really wanted to know was, why did the most wonderful woman in the world have to die? Why is it so hard for me to trust anyone? I cry in the shower till the water runs cold. There's a word. Do you know it? Sid got a date on Match.com, an 85-year-old widow he wanted to buy dinner for, but she wouldn't let him because she didn't want him getting ideas. Ideas about what, I asked? That she was hungry? No, he laughed. You know, she was afraid I was going to take advantage. I try to imagine a scenario where these tiny octogenarians present any danger to each other or that they'd even manage to do any of the things she's so worried about. 
And then what, I asked. I mean, what is she so afraid of? Sid laughed, really laughed at that. You're right, he said. There really is nothing to be afraid of. Right, I said. There really is nothing to be afraid of. A few weeks before he died, Sid had a dream about his wife. It was the best dream he'd had in years. There's a word in French, no, wait, in English, cradling. I was cradling her head in my hands, and it felt so intimate, and it felt so real. It was beautiful, just beautiful. You didn't want to wake up. I didn't want to wake up. I love those dreams, I said.